This is HPR episode 2682 entitled, Not All About Blender. It is hosted by Mirror Shades, and is about 46 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, a meandering conversation to soothe the nerves, and warm the soul. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Today, and we're going to talk about ice cream sandwiches. I'm eating ice cream sandwich right now. It's tasty because it's it's an open source ice cream sandwich. No, it's not. But <laughs> we can we can make an open source ice cream sandwich. A reverse engineered ice cream sandwich. We'll call it. Um, we'll think of a clever name later. Yeah, that seems space. Space case. I think Bernie Martin. <laughs> um, we'll sell it alongside the, the Billy Joe D searcher algae soda water. <laughs> That's going to be a thing. Mark my words. We'll just take a picture of you and big overalls. Like, but with a computer behind you. <laughs> algae soda and barbecue sauce. <laughs> Boiling hot Texas style. <laughs> you had um, you got some triple sex for that. You got yourself a meal. <laughs> Just uh, take some algae water and break you a few raw eggs into it. I have the tiger man. Calm along with some, uh, uh, you know, some Kentucky bourbon or Tennessee sour mash. <laughs> This, uh, this beer was uh, made <laughs> in the, uh, the algae casks. <laughs> kind of froth. <laughs> Tastes like cake I, uh, I tried to explain the, the taste to somebody. Like, hey, what, what do you mean you drink that? I'm like, yeah, you, what's it taste like? Florida. You're like, oh, <laughs> no, no, I want that. Like, uh, yeah, it tastes like gator anus. <laughs> it tastes like Florida, minus the mess. Um, it's crazy down there. Um, yeah, when I was down there, the neighbors had a meth lab. It's like, why? <laughs> so, yeah, just edit that whole thing out. I thought it was a perfect intro. <laughs> they don't come more perfect than that. I'm drinking out, it tastes like Florida. You know, mine's the meth. Um, when you talk about meth labs, gator anus, and bibbed overalls in the same... <laughs> Gatorade did come from Florida. Yeah. That's, uh, What's called Gatorade? That's, yeah, Florida Gators. <laughs> they essentially just bottled up swamp water. <laughs> I was like, chug this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's where that came from. It's 
So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about blender. Because you need a blender for all that. I know, right? <laughs> um, so you throw some algae soda with uh, some ice cream, and uh, you blend it up, and uh, yeah, and then you have an episode. Good night, everybody. <laughs> a little bit of ice, and uh, <laughs> throw in some Percocets just for good measure. Why not? But no, um, blender the uh, open source project and all that good stuff. You know, mostly people think of it as like a 3D rendering. You know, you do uh, models with it, so it's like... You know. I remember when it first, like, or my recollection may not be the best, but when I first noticed it, they were... I remember there was a lot of uh, um, people wanted something that was like an open source, uh, like 3D Studio Max, or what was the other one that was real famous back May, uh, May 3D. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, some... some Something similar to like AutoCAD. Uh, and there was stuff. there was also what was that other one? Very briefly, it was real popular for virtual appearance. Bryce, remember oh, Bryce? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and people wanted something that was like an open source something that. And I remember that's when people started talking about Blender. Yeah, yeah and then Blender like it's 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 grown over the years. Like it's it's this beast right now. But uh, I actually started getting into it because. Um, I was looking for, you know, open source uh, video editing. And, you know, I was just checking some tutorials online about, like, what, you know, what's good. And everything was shit. Like, everything <laughs> was just terrible. But then uh, I found this one article just like, try Blender. I'm like, but Blender's for, like, 3D models, and I'm not doing 3D modeling. I'm doing graphics or, mm-hmm. you know, video editing. But I loaded it up and I checked it and I'm like, well, holy shit. <laughs> like, it, it is legit. You can uh, edit videos like all these different effects. Like, um, I've got a couple of videos that I just kind of like clipped together. I was kind of doing some like YouTube poops where it's like take scenes of like different shows that did like Game of Thrones and you just sit there and kind of splice it up to, you know, for the walls. But uh, yeah, it actually works just as a video editor. And it's like, you know, you'd think that it'd be confusing to do. I mean, there's a lot of buttons, a lot of features to it, but that's kind of like the benefit of having, like, you know, free and open source software is, like, YouTube videos will just, you know, free tutorials. So, you know, if you go to Blender, um, .org, I guess, and orgnet.com, one of them, it'll just, uh, on their page, you know, they've got linked to YouTube, so you can view all the tutorials and stuff. Just ask Jeeves. Yeah, ask, ask Jeeves about it. You know, do a duck, duck, go, blender. Jeeves is gone. You know, we should start our own open source uh, search engine called Ask Joe. Ask Joe. <laughs> ask Joe. Joe, Joe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, video editing. And then I started here lately. I've uh, been playing a lot of Morrowind because, you know, old video game still runs pretty great. And then finally got around to, like, completing it so many side quests. Uh, well, what do you do when you beat a game? Like, I guess I'll get into modding. And then uh, you download a couple, you check them out, and you're like, oh, this is pretty neat. I, I kind of want to do this, but this other thing, so let me start uh, doing like retextures and stuff. And then you're like, well, uh, okay, I love the new texture, but the model needs to be tweaked. What can I use? load a blender and it actually you can edit uh, video game files that way hmm. and uh, you know if you don't know how to do it just look up a tutorial 
pretty fun. So, I remember the first time I ever got into doing anything like that. I think it was, I think it was Test Drive 5. Yeah. And we had it for PC, several of us, and it, we bought it. I think I got it out of a bargain bin at Walmart, like mm-hmm. 10 bucks. And the bad thing was, is, and I don't know, I'm sure it was a licensing thing, but for some reason, like, the bargain bin version was the full version of the game, but it didn't have the music it was supposed to have in it. Hmm. But you could stick a, an audio CD in there and it would play it in the background because the music was supposed to be on the same disc, so yeah. this kind of, you know, and I don't know. But it, uh, it was kind of weird. It didn't have the, uh, the all the because I remember there was a bunch of bands that had songs on, yeah, on the uh, on the game. But uh, you could go in and the uh, you could find the folders where the the data for the cards were. And I remember uh, pulling up the skins and being like, okay, you could open this in uh, in like whatever Photoshop. I don't think I had the GIMP at that point because it was a long time ago. Yeah, but uh. There is a. You could. I would take. A, I would find these tribal tattoo flash online, <laughs> and and remove the background and, and change the color of the of the tattoo or whatever, and stick it on the car. So the movie was painted on. It was kind of badass. And then they experimented with some of the sound effects and stuff. Nice. When Test Drive Six came out, though, they had a different, like, the car data. Each car's data was an individual like zip files. And uh, a buddy of mine figured out like most of the most of the data for the car was in just a text file. <laughs> yeah, so he changed the torque to like nine nine nine, and that was and hilarity ensued. Since <laughs> you hit the gas, the button for the gas, the car would just jump into orbit. Like you can see <laughs> the map down here just spinning, <laughs> and the car was just up here in the corner of the screen. And eventually, if you waited long enough, it would take forever. But eventually, the car would finally fall back to earth. And when it hit, it would hit so fast, it would just wreck. You know, you couldn't control it. <laughs> really screwy physics, but fun stuff. What if you put, like, negative values? I don't know. That would be great to see. Maybe we'll just go in reverse. How do you the Batman kill screen pop up? But, uh, yeah, that's interesting, because, um, you know, you can use, like, the GIMP to to do textures, and you can use a blender to do the models. Um, I think, well, it partially you can actually do your own textures in blender as well, but, you know, it's kind of nice for you to use, like, again, you know, some other program that we're fairly used to, to using, and, uh, yeah, it just kind of works. And then the cool thing, too, is, um, you know, like, I play more with on a, on a computer, it's like, it's kind of going like Windows. Like, how, how do you do this? How do you, how do you play your games? Do you use Wine? No, there's actually a Open Morrowind or Open MW. It's a uh, free and open source Linux-based uh, game engine specifically to play Morrowind files. So, got into that project and uh, pretty much just stayed back. Cause like I've uh, I've switched over to see what it looks like a you know regular Morrowind. And yeah, there's a couple different features you can add. Like there's some um, there's some mods that will do uh, tricks with like lighting to make things look like you know hyper realistic kind of stuff. 
that's not yet been ported over to Open Morrowind, but still you can get mods to make make things look so much better. So been doing a lot of a lot of that lately. Pretty fun. It's not hard to get into. Just uh, pull up a tutorial and get to doing. So like I remember, seems like back in the day because a lot of games. Back, especially first-person shooters, mm -hmm. would have like big modding communities around them, and it would seem like it would start out with like the map editors. A lot of those games yeah. came with their unofficial map editors. I don't know why games don't. Maybe they do. But Morrowind does. It, it came with its own uh, uh, the Elder Scrolls construction set, which Open Morrowind also has its you know component to. But, hmm. but yeah, like I remember, like Doom and uh, Quake had uh, construction sets for them too. Uh, Duke 3D, uh, a lot of that. There was a lot of people I know that I love. Like, I had a couple of friends that really got into like, Quake 3 yeah. because there was an extensive list of models. Like, and I remember even like characters from other games. Like, he would run around with the uh, in Quake 3 and Sub Zero because there was yeah. there was Mortal Kombat models for <laughs> for Quake 3. I know. Uh, Help me. You used to play uh, Unreal Tournament quite a bit. And I would always set mine to like the blade model. So like uh, you know, blade and a vampire slayer. Can't remember what it used to do. I remember when we did Quake Two, I had a uh, a really killer I don't know where I found it at, but it was a really killer uh, uh model of Darth Maul because whenever he yeah. got killed he would, his legs would be laying over here and his body would torso would be over yeah. there. Breaking <laughs> and we used to play with this guy named uh Timmy. Yeah, <laughs> he had a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where he got it, but he had a uh, had a model of number five from Short Circuit. You remember that? Yeah. It was so ridiculous because everybody would get these like big serious models, and it comes number five, and it looks so stupid. I want to say somebody like a giant mech or something. I might have been trying. I can't remember what he had. Like some big robot looking thing, maybe from like. Uh, I think it's a model from. Uh, Appleseed, you know, what was the name? Or whatever. But yeah, like, a, I finally got to point where, like, a, that's probably the first time I actually mobbed it, you know, just downloaded somebody else's uh, model for it, and then I reskinned it. I just kind of like took a picture of my face <laughs> back when the digital cameras were things you didn't have it, you know, on a cell phone. And I just took a picture of my face and put it over his, and then, like, I think I even took a picture of my, like, work shirt, you know, where working at the pizza place. <laughs> And I'd skin that in it, so like I'm running around with just it's basically me, you know. But like, you know, my my, my arms were like really dark, you know, being, <laughs> being Wesley Snipes and all that. And he had like a sword on his back. But I mean, other other than that, I was like, yeah, we run around <laughs> shooting y'all. And I remember, I uh, I kind of set like this, you know, I would serve from my computer back when back when we do the LAN parties. Like this wasn't over the internet. This was like come over to my house and just you know, play games. Well, uh, you know where I was like the the main server. I would sit there and put like all the console commands on mine. So I actually remapped my jump button to like I'm just reduced gravity. So like I'd run around, and everybody'd be jumping, and I'm like, well, I need to get up there, so I'll just turn gravity off and <laughs> float my ass up there, and then turn it back on when I land. You know, kind of deal. And. Uh, you know, just much to the chagrin of everyone else playing. But I did it, you know, like sporadically, just rarely, just not really. 
I didn't really abuse it, but I stuck away for like all of like two seconds to go help. I think it was Tony who was having like an issue mm -hmm. getting connected to the game and like Ethernet cables shitty or something, but uh suddenly everybody started like doing like Izzy stop like you know you're just you're just crashing everything like like I am not at my computer right now and like looking back and like my mom is sitting there just like I'm trying to play this game I'm like stop stop trying to jump like you're you're messing the game up. But that was I think Quake Two was one of the first that had uh like total conversion mods like or like full conversions like the, it was the same game engine but it was like a completely new game like I I swear that happened back in Doom probably did that was that was just the first one I remember because I remember I remember being on a BBS and uh, like a bulletin board says you had to dial into like ridiculous amount of money to um, you know so they, the phone bill was like <laughs> you know, back when you, know, you didn't have, you had like long distance bills and all this. But uh, you do like dump like all the files and, uh, you know, actually printed them out on like paper for whatever reason. Read through and be like, what's this? Oh, they have all these wad files. I'm like, yeah, well, that's, for, that's for, that's for Doom, I'm going to say. So I just started downloading them and like suddenly you're, uh, all the cacodemons look like Barney the dinosaur. And, run through, <laughs> and you're like, what? How do they do this? They're super elite hackers. And then just go ahead and like rescan it and now like looking to see how all this done. So I'm like, that's not too bad at all. Dot one dot pack. There's like packo dot pack. Remember that? I don't yeah. know use those, but but uh and I think uh even like Duke Nukem three D I think used the log files. Because it was essentially just doing just rescanned. And uh then Quake, I want to say, was one of the very first like games that used like um, polygon rendering. Like it was actually like 3D. It wasn't just like sprite based. There's a couple of older, older ones. Like that was probably the most famous early one. I have a few DOS games at home that have early 3D. They'll actually run on. I have a uh, one of those Toshiba Librettos with the yeah. game one. And they'll actually run on there, and it has no 3D rendering capability because it was designed. It was before you know yeah. 3D chips came out, so it uh, it does have some polygon, but it looks it's it's kind of hard to look at now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, it's funny. I can't remember. There was one. I can't remember the name of it. And all the characters were so blocky. They looked like uh, they kind of did look like the Minecraft. People. Yeah. And uh, I was like, but the game was supposed to be really serious, which is what made it even more ridiculous, because... <laughs> yeah, that's almost like a Mass Effect, like, you know, I got into Mass Effect like really late in the series, like, you know, third one or drop, and I think, I don't know if there was one after that, but then I, I'm like, oh, I'll just play the first one, and I'm just like, wow, these graphics didn't hold up, like, I kind of wish I played back in the day, so I... I could uh could ignore all this, but I could do it. I uh, I just recently started playing this series, and I, well, I started playing the first one, and then I I don't have time to really play video games much anymore, so yeah. it went to the it went to the side. But uh, I do like tend to play like my video game playing tends to be on emulators, yeah, because I don't I don't like modern games. I don't like how they 
Yeah, my favorite game is still Super Mario World and uh, mm. Super Metroid. Like, they got it right with those two. I don't, like, games then were, like, self-contained. Yeah. You had a story, you had a beginning, a middle, and an end. You could get into it, and you could beat it. And it was done. It's like reading a book or watching a movie or anything else. It was a self-contained thing. And now there's, like, well, the idea of, like, an open sandbox sounds great, and then everybody starts doing it, and then there's no there's no story whatsoever. It's just like this. There's just this big playground to go do whatever. Okay, well, yeah. what's the point? Uh. <laughs> well, okay, that's the first side effect. It's like Minecraft was actually pretty legit until they added the story to it. Yeah, it's kind of well, weird. <laughs> once they added like the Ender Dragon, where you can go and complete the game, I, I just kind of like a lot of people just stopped playing it at that point because it's just like. I liked it better when I was building sandcastles. Yeah. And it's like you can still do it, but some, something about the finality of it just seemed mm. off-putting for people that, you know, that joined the beta, like, or that even the alpha, you know, buying in, like, five bucks, you know, before, before it was even a thing. And then, uh, counterpoint to that is, what's it, No Man's Sky? When I've heard of that, I have It's like a hundred percent sandbox with, like, no actual content. It's like everything's procedurally generated, which sounds great on paper, but then you, you're out there and you're just like, okay, so what am I actually doing? <laughs> you're mining resources. Okay, and what do these resources do? Well, they fuel your spaceship. Oh, okay. And where can I go? To other planets where you can mine resources and be able to go to other planets. Like, And the point is to explore. <laughs> it's like to explore a lot of essentially mining colonies. But, you know, there's, like, wildlife. But after a while, you kind of notice every monster is just some procedurally generated basis of another. So it's like, oh, this one has three eyes instead of five. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, there's no fun to it. Like, when you start playing it, like, 15 minutes in, that's what you'll be doing 15 hours later. There's no variance. There's nothing really to do. And people... It was very much hyped, but people were so disappointed that they, uh, I want to say even like GameStop, like redacted their refund policy. It was just like, yes, you can return this game. <laughs> like it was, it was bad. There's what gets me is, um, and it started on mobile platforms like mobile games because they're they're all kind of copies of each other in a way mm-hmm. and they're just designed to they, they create this sense of I'm working towards something, I'm working towards something and then they give you a roadblock so you have to pay money and they're just designed to suck money out of your wallet Yeah. and there's no point Like I'm, even if you even if you get past that roadblock if you, whether you pay the money or you you know grind on the game for mm-hmm. 9 million hours to get past it you, then you're just in there, it doesn't really help you it just blocks you right back into another area where the, all the players are probably better than you. <laughs> yeah, better it's, than it's just a grind and pay kind of, kind of thing. And I, that as soon as that realization sets in, I'm like, done. I yeah. don't I want anything else to do with this game. It sucks. I'm done. And it goes away. And But that's why like, that has crept into console games now, too. And, and yeah. all games are like that. I just, I'm like, nope, done. I'm just going to fire up the old Genesis emulator. And <laughs> yeah. Because you, you'll have things where, like, a, a game will be, like, advertised. They're like, hey, look, you get to play this, like, you know, Wolverine. And you're like, oh, man, that's awesome. I'm going to do that. And you buy it. And you're like, where's this character? Mm-hmm. And he's not even in the game. Oh, that's DLC. Like, 
why didn't you just include it in the game? No, because we want to get more money so you can. Yeah, this is slightly. And then after you pay 50 bucks to get to play as that character, in two months they'll shut the servers down. Your game doesn't work anymore. <laughs> there, was, there, was a, uh, there was a first person shooter Shadowrun game, and I bought it for a dollar. And I'm like, man, this is going to be awesome. And I'm like, the video is horrible. I mean, this is like older kind of game. And I'm like, I've never even heard of this, but I mean, this is going to be cool. But Shadowrun's awesome. I'm like, you know, watch the video, and I sort of play the tutorial. I'm like, all right, it's got some interesting mechanics. You can teleport and do all this cool stuff. All right, let me actually uh, figure out what the game is. Cause there's no like story mode. It's just like multiplayer. And waiting, waiting, disconnect. Like <laughs> they uh, shut the servers down. Yeah. Years ago, and uh, <laughs> they were still selling the game. And it's just like, wait a minute. So, uh, I guess that's why it was a dollar. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad skin flint, but I'm worse than most people because I will... I, I, so, you, if, you, if you figure out, like, PC games, unlike console games, don't have any re resale value, really. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll jump on, like, eBay or something, and somebody will be auctioning off their entire PC game collection of, like, 15 years. Yep. You, know, you get, like... I don't know, 150 games for like 15 bucks. And yeah, some of them are going to work, but there's going to be a, a lot of them that there's the product key right there. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, that's how I got a lot of games, but yeah, I've been into the, and, uh, and uh, I have odor kind of stuff. Like, yeah. you know, but a lot I, of the odor games that like you, you thought was really cool back when you was a kid and you're just like, I want to play that, I want to play that. And you just like never do because, you know, and then years later, you're on to like, you know, Grand Theft Auto 3 or some shit. And then you look back, like, man, I missed out like a whole generation of games. And you go back and you're like, man, these are like really super legit. And sometimes it's completely frustrating, but you, you can see how other games were inspired by it. Like, uh. I ran into a lot where, like, I've had multiple games that I bought that are, like, I installed and got real excited. Like, this looks awesome. And then, oh, the servers are gone. Yeah. And have been for like, Twelve years. <laughs> there was a there's a story I heard. There's a game called it made it was some something fairly generic. I think it's like war or something like that. It was like acronym or initialism. But it was um, it was a game where you could actually fight like you know how there's normally like have like sixteen players maximum. Well, this game was specifically designed to have, like, the cap was, like, 256, something. Oh, you know what? So you'll just be fighting, like, thousands of people, and it's just meant to be, like, a super massive, you know, war kind of deal. And uh, they shut the servers down on that, but they still sell the game full price for, like, a good year later. It's like, there's uh, some kind of, like, I don't know if it's a, a boycott, but there's some kind of like, people putting, um, like, a... Uh, Game shop will notice, like, why are you still selling this full price? Knowing full well that they can't play it, you know, there's no servers and there's no, like, story mode or anything. Like, I don't know if they ever set up, like, uh, I want to say it was like World of Warcraft or, like, EverQuest, where people would just write their own game servers and kind of come and do public servers that way. There's a couple of games that have done that. One of the ones I got supposedly has a fan based server thing, but I couldn't get it to work whenever I tried it. I don't know. Because those servers, those servers are gone now, or yeah. I just did something wrong because I didn't spend a lot of time fussing with it. Could be a pile of old games, so one game not working is not gonna. There's a 
The weird thing is, though, for all these serves that are shutting down, there's still some, like, MUDs out there yeah. that have been in operation since, like, the internet was a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, zombie mud comes to mind. Like, Zombiemud.org, I'm to say. And uh, I was on that one, like, you know, you know recently, like, last year, and it's still thriving. It's like, you know that muds aren't really a thing anymore. It's like, don't tell us that. Mm-hmm. All right. Like, you know, beautiful text graphics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty intense. But it, it, it started having that, like, pay-to-play kind of aspect to it, where, like, you could drop some money to be, like, a sponsor, so you could get, like, better gear. And, uh, weird thing is, my brother, actually, he was playing another game, I forget the name of it, but it was, it was a mud. And he, uh, he did that. He started, like, you know, buying, like, level-ups and stuff. And uh, at one point I asked him, like, how much have you really, you know, spent on this game? Because I was, I would play, like, World of Warcraft around that time. And, uh, hey, man, check this out. You know, it's only this much a month. He's like, no, I got this other game to play. I was like, all right, cool. Like, how much have you actually paid for that? He's like, oh, about, you know, 400 bucks. I'm like, how long have you been playing? Well, about six months. Like, and there's no graphics to it or anything? Like, man. It's be an amazing gamer. Like you're a sucker. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm hearing is that we need to write a game. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. just... So this one is uh, basically a 3D version of Palm. <laughs> That's never been done before. And uh, the thing is, you have to buy the paddles separately, <laughs> yeah. and they break. And and you can get special paddle power. You know what's funny is there used to be a game. And I'm not kidding. The cube. Uh, well, this one's not even that. This was, uh, I, I had the demo for it for Windows. It was called Blood Pong, and it was a mashup. <laughs> it was a mashup of Pong and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and, and there was different paddles you could choose from, like characters, and they had like Mortal Kombat powers. Like there was a scorpion one that would throw a spear into the other paddle and jerk him out of the way, so they would miss the ball, and blood was everywhere. And <laughs> It was ridiculous. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was amazing. But yeah, there's a, there's a game, I want to say it was called like The Cube. And it was, uh, uh, what's his name? I'm going to mess it up. Like Peter Molyneux or something like that. He's fairly famous like game developer. Mm-hmm. And he, he made this game that was strictly like pay to play. Like you could do it without paying, but you were like the really shitty pick. The object of the game is to get to the center of this huge X cube. It's multiplayer, so like the entire world is just chipping away at this huge X cube, trying to get to the middle of it. Whoever gets to the middle gets a prize, and then just like you get the shitty axe, like one mm-hmm. pixel per second, and then you could like pay money to get like the, the better picks where you just like just knock shit out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one that was no joke, like a thousand dollars to get like the ultimate golden diamond pick or something like that where you just like take out entire acres per swing but the thought was even if you had like you know invested serious money to just like knock out all the pixels you could still technically do it with like the little shitty pixel it's whoever hit that last pixel in the center can get it right and it lasted for like a couple months and you know just all these people were just like throwing down money and it's like what are you actually buying though like do you know what's in the center do you know what the prize is like what's why and that was the point of the game was so they could figure out how much they can push people to just like fork over money 
And the answer is, there's a lot of rich kids out there, and they're just like, you know, they're not earning the money, you know, the parents give it to them, so it's like, you know, oh, cool, I'm just going to buy this. And the beauty of that system is they don't actually have to be rich kids. They can just be any kids who's part of a family with disposable income that, that's yeah. what they're tapping in. Like, but, I mean, when you think about it, like, even if they've got, like, 70 bucks a week, like, disposable income, that's, you know, if you're, if you're actually, if your budget is, like, right on the cusp or you can't afford any leeway, like, it doesn't really matter how rich you are. It's like, you've got other things you need to, you know, put your money towards. And uh, it, it's just weird, though, because it's almost like now games are being catered towards that, where it's like, just give us your money, yeah. or you don't get to play. And it's like, what happened to just being able to play a game? Yeah. Like, well, and it's... I don't know, but, like, most of the time, they the games that they're charging you this money for are games that don't look terribly fun, or they look like bad copies of another game that... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's no... Like, I, I'm not paying you anything for that, because what you're... You, got it behind your back, I can't see what it is, and it's probably just a clone piece of crap of the last piece of crap game that did this. That's why pre-orders are so bad, because it's like, you're basically throwing money at a concept, and you don't, you don't know what you're buying. Even during the early days, like when, uh, what was it, was it EverQuest, one of the first ones that started doing that? And yeah. I was like, you know, I... Because if I'm not mistaken, didn't you have to you had to go out and buy a copy of the game, and then they gave you like a month or two free or something. Yeah, and you had to start paying. And I'm like, I'm just not cool with that. I'm just not like, you know, either give me the game free and then charge me a monthly subscription, or just sell me a game with no subscription. Yeah. One or the other, but that's like Guild Wars feels like I, double dipping. I want to say like Guild Wars, you can just buy the game outright and then just play it. And I think I, I think I was playing Guild Wars too, and it was it was alright, but like it didn't it didn't really draw me in like World of Warcraft did, and I didn't really play that for very long. It was maybe you know I got to like level forty on the main character, just kind of like I can't really afford to just throw down money, you know, just to level this guy up. Because uh, you know I don't know how many. People remember this, but like once you hit level forty, you get the flying mounts, and you need like some serious money to like fund that. And if it's your like first character, unless somebody else is buying it for you, you're not getting it unless you're just dedicating all your life to just try to save up enough to you know fly around on this uh, like Griffin or something. So I just kind of quit at that point because I'm like, it's always been a grind, but now it's like really obvious that I'm just grinding towards building. It's kind of unachievable. But it just keeps me like, you know, dropping like 10 to 20 a month or however much it was. And then that's when I just switch over to like Guild Wars 2. It's like, it's free to play, but then I just kind of, I just kind of stopped playing on games altogether. And, uh, but like, the weird thing is my favorite games, like my, my old games, like, uh, you know, Super Metroid and Super Marvel, those kind of games, uh, probably went back and, uh, got caught up on, like, Castlevania. Like, I, for some reason, I didn't skip Castlevania when they first came out. <laughs> but, uh, the other games I played was, like, uh, Fallout 3 and Warland. And, like, I know there's Skyrim, there's Oblivion, there's all these other games, there's a new one coming out, but it's just something about, like, the odor, you know, because, like, Morrowind and, uh, 
follow through with basically the same game. Um, you know, same company makes some same kind of like mechanics, but it's just go out there and scavenge a bunch of stuff, just see what's out there, do all the side quests, and just kind of like live in the world kind of deal. But you don't have the the annoying kids just running around like you know, and, you know, just that kind of stuff to get from like online play because. Uh, Online games, it really felt like a community. It felt more like a hindrance or anything. So. Yeah, I had, like, it's weird, like, old games. I, uh, I want to, I want to like, like, RPGs more than I actually mm -hmm. do. And so I'll sit down and try to play them. Like, right now, I just started, because uh, I've always wanted to play through, like, the original Fantasy Star for the Sega yeah. Master System. And, um, but the thing is, is like with a lot of those old uh, RPGs like that, the way they were designed was, and this drove me nuts, like, because I'm very, uh, like, action game oriented. Like, I need shit blowing up and bodies flying around right now. Like, I want, I need it. It's very story heavy. Like, yeah. right when it starts getting good, it's like, let's do this, like, 30 minute, you know, monologue and just like, can I, uh, can, <laughs> can I do the thing? I'm even okay with the story. What gets me is the grinding and the way that whole thing is set up. Like some RPGs I've played have a pacing to them that I can deal with. Yeah. And some of them don't. Some of them are like exponential, okay, just right off the chart. Yeah, like walk around in a circle for four hours fighting the same two monsters over and over again just so you can level up enough to walk over here and walk around in circles for yeah. four hours. And that, that just... <laughs> yep. It's like, it's, it's good to have it pace, so it's like you always feel like you're improving. And you can look back and be like, yeah. I started as a blacksmith, and now mm -hmm. I'm a king. You know, that whole trope. Mm -hmm. But it's like, when you are seriously just like, hey, go to this corner of the map and just walk in circles. Mm -hmm. you know, just, you're trying to get that one item that is like a 1 in 128 chance to drop. It's like Earthbound. It's like a great game, right? But like... There are items that are like super rare, but it's like every playthrough you're just like, well, I gotta get the the whatever sword, you know. So you're sitting there fighting the same monster because like, you know, fight sixty four of them, you've got like a half a chance to get it. So, and then it kills me like uh, uh, ex wife played it, and like the first time she walked through, like, hitting on the first go, it's like uh, it's, most people spend a good couple of days trying to trying to get that item. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. You start learning how to, you know, hack the random number mm -hmm. generator and just give it to him. But the, uh, I'm not above. Like I used to have different views on like cheating on a video game. Like for me, it was like some things were like uh, it depends because on a lot of those older games, sometimes you wanted a sandbox experience. Yeah, and none of them had it. Um, Grand Theft Auto 3, throwing the code, all the weapons, all the health, and just run like. But like, yeah, and sometimes that's what you want to do, especially like you come home from work and you're pissed off and you're tired and you just want to blow off steam and mm -hmm. just, I don't, I don't want to work through a story, I just want to blow shit up and, yeah. <laughs> and, and that, that, uh, and sometimes it was too, like, if the, some of those old games would have like a cheat code built in to let you do that. Like, you know, remember the old first person shooters all had like God and, and like yeah. all. So you just don't, you can't be killed, here's all the weapons, and <laughs> just blow stuff up. But um, like the older systems, there was like the Game Genie and the Pro Action Replay that mm -hmm. let you modify the uh, 
sort of modify the code a little bit. I like that from a tacit, uh, technical perspective. Like you can just put in random codes to see if they work. Most yeah. of the time you're going to crash a game or something, but every once in a while you'll stumble upon something like, it's funny because every time I, I try to jump, like my head disappears. Mm -hmm. That's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, being able to see how, why that works. Like now it's like we can uh, load them up in emulators and actually check yeah. the code as it's running. There's one, I don't know if you've seen this, but Super Mario World can be beaten in like 30 seconds. Huh. Or quicker than that. It's like the, the actual like record for like just a normal run. So you can do it in like under 11 minutes. You don't have to go to the start around, you know, and all that. But you can beat it like in under a minute. I think it's, it's some ridiculous amount of time because it's called the wrong warp glitch. You basically go to like one of the first levels, and you you basically force the game to load and unload sprites in a very specific sequence. You're essentially peeking and poking, you know, bytes in memory uh, because there's a glitch where like if you try to if you pick up a coin as Yoshi is trying to swallow it, it causes the game to glitch out. And if you can set up other factors beforehand, you're essentially writing code in memory. So when you do that, it yeah. it'll do a jump to that point. And the instructions you just told it was to hey work to the end. And to see somebody pull that off is just mind blowing. <laughs> I've seen there's some YouTube videos of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And one guy on a stock SNES and in the stock game, like no further hacks. I, he did have the uh, you gotta use a multi-tap and hope to clamp down a couple of buttons on pad number two. But he did this in like live, was able to set up a bootloader, and then basically got to the point where he could just run to a position and jump, and his health or like the time would change to like the, the values, and he sat there and just by hand wrote code into the game as like a secondary bootloader. And then when it's all said and done, he did the glitch, and it essentially reflashed the the cartridge to have like other game moves on it. One of which was Flappy Bird. <laughs> so he said he played Flappy Bird on an SNES, and later expanded it to where he had this hex editor that you could just load up like at any time and show you the exact values in the game. And it just really weird stuff to watch this, but it's like he seriously just jailbroke. And as he has cartridge, and that's cool. It takes time and skill that we we didn't have as kids. We had time, we didn't have skill, <laughs> or, yeah. or or what is it? Uh, hindsight that looking back, like I don't know. That was always the thing, I guess. Like, two, there's um when you look at the older consoles, we we tended to think of them in a way like cartridges we, we sort of looked at those as like someone looked at CDs or tapes or VHS cassettes mm -hmm. you know it's like as a storage medium and the console is like a computer and then we're inserting the cartridge into but really really the way that console is, is set up that cartridge slot is like an expansion slot it's not really a it's not really a medium reader like we think you know thought of it as kids yeah. it's an expansion slot and that's why things like the SNES, you could have games with like a Super Effects chip, 
in that cartridge because that cartridge was essentially an expansion board mm -hmm. for the for the console. And uh, that's why you can have, like there's a dude I think on YouTube that's playing an SNES game on an NES. Yeah. Because he's got an SNES hardware in the cartridge that's stuck into the thing. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> or uh, people make like portable uh, you know, Nintendo 64s just by going in there and the hardware just like redoing them all that. Right? Yeah. And the thing is too, is like, because I remember the experience of like when I was a kid and I'd play a game, I didn't know what the limitations were. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I would do stuff just to see if I could. And you spend a lot of time wasting just like punching walls to see at what point yeah. they break. You know, the answer is they're not, they're solid. Mm -hmm. But you always think like, what if they do have like health bar and like I'm actually damaging the wall? But you find a lot of glitches that way. Yeah. And I remember uh, one game Spider-Man and one or two for like the, the original PlayStation. You know, the first level, it's like the whole McGuffin is it was so lacking in capabilities, like they couldn't render the full city, so the the plot McGuffin was like there's a there's a cloud of noxious gas so they don't have to render like the bottom uh, half yeah. of the city. Yeah. So you're just swinging from like the tops of it and then you don't really think, what am I swinging off of on um, top of the building you know, like cranes around or yeah. whatever? They don't, they, they don't care about that, but it's like you, they only render the top of the building you can't touch the ground because it's, you know, poison gas. But I found a, a thing that on the like the first level is divided into like two parts and on the end of the second part you're supposed to swing out to a building and does a cutscene and you like the boss. Instead of doing that though, you can crawl down the building to the fog and it won't kill you, but you can then zip line out to the building and crawl up. So it's like you go underneath the the trigger point for that cutscene. Oh yeah. And then you can crawl around to the back of the building and you know what's on the back of that building? A debug screen. Because <laughs> it crashes the game and it seriously looks like a Linux console just popping up. You've got white text on black background and it just spits out a bunch of hexadecimal. You know, it's like, well, did I just crash the game? And like, what, what code is it showing me? But yeah, it, it basically goes into a debug mode. It freezes it up, but it's just the fact where you can do that consistently kind of amazing because like you don't realize the limits and you just think what if it's possible it's like getting it's like Grand Theft Auto 3 getting a someone to get in your car the first time you're like oh my god they actually got in my car and then they're like wait they're processing what if I go to like an alley and the car starts moving you're like they actually put this in the game and you think you're the only one in the world to discover it <laughs> but it's like, yeah, you're banging a prostitute and Grand Theft Auto, and then you're like, well, give me my money back and kill her, and like every dollar that you gave her, you can get back, and you're just like, I mean, it makes sense from like a real, real world perspective, but like I'm used to playing like games where you didn't have that range of, yeah. you know, it's just like, now games are just like, you're more surprised if you can't do something. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. 
Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.